What if I told you there was a way to get stronger, become more mobile, lower your risk of injury, and even get faster at running? It wouldn't take much of your time, and you might even find that you actually like it. This is the promise of Pilates for runners. Now, before you roll your eyes at yet another thing you have to add to your to-do list, the benefits might just be worth the investment. It might even be a way to partially replace or even entirely replace the work that you're already doing. If you hate going to the gym, but you know you should, or if you're looking for another alternative, this is the one for you. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. In this episode, you'll learn exactly what Pilates for Runners really is, how it can help you improve your physical strength, mental strength, mobility, and even your speed, and how some runners even use it to replace all of their work in the gym. I'm joined today by Liz Patient. Liz is the founder of Pilates for Runners, where she delivers specialized online Pilates sessions for a huge range of runners and has built up an extensive expertise and following doing so. Liz is a passionate trail runner, Pilates instructor, and an advocate of movement. In 2018, after being plagued by running injuries and niggles, she began to adapt her Pilates practice specifically to support running. It transformed her form and her performance. Since then, she has helped a huge range of runners from beginners to marathon and ultra runners with her unique online Pilates for Runners sessions. Before we begin, I want to announce that my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, is available now wherever books are sold. I include everything you need to become a better runner all in one place, fueled by plants. Order your copy today, or you can win a signed copy. Just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I will send one random winner a signed copy each month of this entire year. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm always happy to talk about Pilates and running. It's two of my passions, so I'm really excited. Yeah, well, let's get into um, the basics of it. So uh, what exactly is Pilates? I mean, I think everybody has sort of an idea, but there's probably a lot of misconceptions. People think it's yoga or something else. So can you explain exactly what it is? Yeah, I, I do get that a lot, actually. Oh, you're a yoga instructor. No, no, I'm a Pilates instructor. It's different. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's a, a reputation with Pilates that people that do know about it, that it's all just about core strength and that's it. Um, but really Pilates is about moving really well. So moving the best you can in the body that you've got. And one element of that is certainly core strength and that does help us to move really well. But that is just one element of it. And, you know, Pilates is about so much more than that. You know, physical skills like coordination and motor control and proprioception or body awareness. There's so much more to moving well than just core strength. So, um, um, 
I think for runners in particular, there is uh, a lot of advantages to Pilates that uh, go above and beyond just, um, you know, your average person and things like uh, the fact that it provides so much movement variety, you know, with running, it's such a, a repetitive movement pattern and that's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but you do need to be aware that it is repetitive and that the body needs a bit more variety than just that and that the body can definitely benefit from more variety than that. Um, and your running can benefit from uh, that variety as well, because if you are constantly using the muscles, uh, same muscles in exactly the same way, that increases your training load on them and then your, your risk of injury, etc. Um, you know, increases. So providing that kind of variety for the body is really important. I think the fact that it's low impact is also fantastic. You know, running is a high impact sport, which is fantastic in some respects because it encourages the body to make those adaptations to high impact. So, you know, it's great for your joints, it's great for your muscles, but again, just being aware that it's high impact and just mitigating that with activities that are low impact is a great way to continue building your strength, but giving the body a rest from that high load. So there are so many kind of advantages to runners um, that are um, intrinsic, I guess, to Pilates. And I think as well, you know, running is a real kind of whole body uh, movement. And so those kind of physical skills like coordination and proprioception really kind of come into their own when we're, we're using the whole body. Um, and it can really help with our running form and, um, you know, developing our running as a whole. Um, and I think for me personally, I've really benefited from focusing on that kind of stability element as well. Um, you know, very, very crudely, the body has got uh, – different muscles play different functions. Um, you know, so we've got those muscles, those smaller inner muscles that are very close to the joints uh, and their main function is to stabilize that joint. And then we've got those outer mm -hmm. larger muscles, you know, things like glute max quads and their function is to, to move, the, you know, move the body. And there's, there's a crossover. It's very, you know, I, there's, there's no sort of like complete definitive line, but making sure that you are challenging both those sets of muscles is really important. Um, and particularly as runners, yeah. we can sometimes get hung up on the movement element and not so much on the, the stability element. So Pilates is a really good way of sort of bringing everything back and focusing on that side too. So yeah, I mean, I can't talk enough about how wonderful Pilates is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's really get into kind of the details of it. Cause you know, when a lot of people think of Pilates, they see, you know, um, people on this machine where they're stretched out and they're, you know, they're in a studio and, you know, runners, we just like to run. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't like to do all the other thought stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, do we need to like go to a Pilates gym and, and get on one of those machines that are, you know, explain the process. Well, so I only teach Matt Pilates. So um, the machines, that's well, generally reformer and there's other equipment that you can use. And absolutely, you can definitely enhance your Pilates practice with all of this kit and machinery. But I really encourage runners to not do that because um, I think it puts another barrier. You know, there are so many things we've got to do as runners. We've got to look at nitrition. We've got our sleep. We've got our strength work. You know, there's so many demands, if you like, on us that you can almost create so many barriers that you never end up doing any one of them. And I think with strength and conditioning mm. work, particularly people very quickly see it as a chore. 
And I think anything that we can do to remove that barrier, like, oh, well, I can't do it because I can't get to the gym or I can't do it because I can't get to Pilates studio. That's, that's none of that's true. You know, you can do so much just Mm -hmm. with a little bit of space. You don't even need a mat, you know, sometimes, I mean, if anyone follows me on Instagram, you'll see I'm constantly doing stuff where uh, little sessions that I do where you're making a cup of tea, you know, just what 10 minutes while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. Um, You know, it's just a great way to slip it in and you don't need anything you know no kit you don't even need to change clothes so um yes you can do all of those fantastic things with kit um but you don't need to you absolutely don't need to and it doesn't need to be an additional burden on your time it can just be something you do because you enjoy it and it has the added benefit of being really fantastic for your running fabulous so so what is a typical session like so that the the water's boiling and i'm standing at my kitchen counter what am i doing well to be honest i would say start off with um what do you need like what gap is there in your training so um i know a lot of people sometimes neglect uh, calves calves is a really common one where we get lots of injuries lots of niggles uh don't do a lot of calf strength just stand by your kettle and just while you're waiting for the kettle to boil get on one leg a little bit of support with your, your counter or your surface and just do some single leg heel raises you know may, play around with it you know if, if you know that uh, ankle strength is something you really struggle with you know i'm a trail runner i'm constantly rolling my ankles but i've built up that tolerance mm. through using Pilates that, you know, even if I roll my ankle now, it doesn't tend to cause any injury because I've built that strength and that stability around the ankle. And, you know, I'm used to doing kind of uh, work around that. Um, so, you know, if, if that's a, a weak area for you, then do some foot and ankle strength or, you know, do some uh, single leg hinges if you know that glute and hip strength is something that you uh, struggle with or that is a little bit weak for you. So I'd say always start off with, you know, particularly if you're short on time, think about what gap is there in your in your strength work, what gap is there in your training and, you know, use that five, 10 minutes to really plug that gap. Um, if you know the mobility is somewhere, mm. is something that you need to work on, then spend five or 10 minutes doing some stretching, you know, quad stretches, some some glute stretches. Like I say, there's tons on my uh, Instagram page. It doesn't need to be this overcomplicated uh, thought process. Just think about what you need and think about what you can do in that five, 10 minutes that you got. Yeah. Well, some runners actually, you know, they don't know what they need, you know, or they just started running and they want to make sure that they're doing everything right. What would you say as a kind of a general prescription for people who are runners and just want to make sure that they don't get the niggles and don't get in trouble and, you know, don't have those overuse injuries? Yeah. Um, I think the most common thing I see is gluten hip strength, people needing to work on that and people, um, Certainly for me personally, that was a a really weak area that when I started to work on that, that massively changed my running form and really supported it. So I think if you've got short on time and you're not sure what to do, start with just some single leg work. I don't think you can ever go wrong with some single leg work because... You, you're using everything with that. You know, you're going to get some ankle stability. You're going to get some foot strength. You're going to get some uh, gluten hip work. You're going to get core. Cool. There's everything in there. So um, if you don't know anything, do that. Do single leg work. So things like um, single leg uh, heel raises, single leg squats, uh, lunges or split squats, um, and challenge your balance. You know, play around with it. It's, it, it like, like we were sort of saying earlier, like runners get into that, oh God, I've got to do strength and conditioning work. It's this chore. So kind of flip your mindset and, and play around with it. You know, when you're doing your uh, single leg work, sort of challenge yourself, maybe stand on a towel so that you're a little bit unstable or, you know, get someone to sort of gently push you and see if you can, you can still maintain that single leg balance. So 
again, just don't overthink it. Um, and I think, you know, the benefit is sort of 90% just doing it. <laughs> so what you actually yeah. do is often less important than actually just doing something. So, uh, yeah. Like, so, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, how, how does it differ from going to the gym and doing more traditional strength work? Can you use Pilates instead of lifting weights? So I think, um, as a runner, it kind of, it, it all depends, to be honest. It depends what your current mm -hmm. strength is. I think it depends what your goals and your aims are. But I think more importantly, it kind of depends what you enjoy, you know? So some, some of my clients, they just don't enjoy going to the gym. <laughs> you know, they've got a huge right. demand at home. And it, again, it's creating that barrier. It's like, oh, I've got to get to the gym. And then they don't end up getting there. And then they don't end up doing anything. So if you're in that position, then you're better off doing kind of like 10, 15 minutes of Pilates at home than thinking about going to the gym, but never actually getting there. Um, like I say, 90% yeah. of the benefit is actually doing it. So, um, yeah. I'd say it can be a substitute. I mean, I've got a lady that did, um, MDS, Marathon de Saab, and all she did was do Pilates for runner sessions to supplement her running, but she was incredibly consistent. She was incredibly dedicated and she managed it and she, she did fantastically. So, and I've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of other clients that do the same thing. They just supplement with Pilates for runners. But equally, there's people like me. I love lifting weights. I like going to the gym. I like getting mm -hmm. out of the house, away from my kids. I like lifting weights. Yeah. I wouldn't want to just lift weights because I, I, I does for me, that's not enough on its own. I like the Pilates, but I use Pilates in everything that I do. So I will warm up and cool down with Pilates. I will use my Pilates principles when I'm lifting weights. I'll use it when I'm running. I'll use it when I'm cycling when I'm climbing, you know, because Pilates is about moving better and exercise and movement, you know, benefits from anything that's going to improve your movement, then I think, you know, you can just use it to supplement your, your, your exercise in that way. So it's, it's almost more of a way of life for me rather than, you know, an hour on the mat once a week. So yeah, yeah. I think it can be a substitute. It just depends what you enjoy. Cause I think it's, you know, most of us are recreational runners you know, we, we run because we love running and we enjoy it. So it, it's kind of perverse to supplement something you love with something you don't love, <laughs> you know? Mm, excellent so doing, point. You know, yes. Yeah. So if you go to the gym and you're hating it and you're only going to the gym because you want to supplement your running, it's, it's just counterintuitive to me. So I think the starting point is what do you enjoy? Because, you know, if you enjoy it, then you're going to be consistent and consistency is the only way you're going to see results, no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the Pilates principles that you're talking about? Because full disclosure, I've taken exactly one Pilates class in my life, so I don't know what I'm talking about at all. So could you explain exactly what are some of these principles? Yeah. So things like coordination, you know, things like improving your motor control, things like um, body awareness. So, you know, knowing where you are in, in, in space, you know, a lot of people really struggle with that. You know, you'll say, you know, use your opposite arm and leg and they'll be sort of stumped by that. Um, but that ability to coordinate the use of your muscles, you know, those inner stabilizers and those outer mobilizers that, that, um, is really important when we run. Um, mm -hmm. and so things like that, things like, uh, breathing, you know, breath is so important, uh, when we run, you know, that short, shallow breath that we get when we're really struggling or when we're really tired is really not helpful for us when we're running. It doesn't help with our cardio output. Um, so practicing things like breath in Pilates, where you take that full wide breath, um, that's not only good for your running, but it's also good for your mental health. You know, that full mm. wide breath really helps us to lower our heart rate and to relax and recover. Um, so yeah, there's 
I mean, I won't bore you with all those sort of specific principles of Pilates, but you know, those are the kind of the rough ones that are really going to help us as runners. Yeah. Well, I can um, easily see how Pilates is good for recovery. It's re it's relaxing, um, but you've actually seen it help speed and performance. So this is what everybody wants, you know, is to yeah. help their speed and performance. So can you explain how that, how that, how that happens? Yeah. I mean, I think the two things that most runners say when I, when they talk about strength and conditioning work is they want to help avoid injuries and they want to improve their performance. I think those are the two key things. And I think, you know, Pilates for me has helped with both. So about four or five years ago is when I first started adapting my Pilates practice and I'd, I'd been stuck in this kind of cycle of injuries and niggles. And I started to adapt my Pilates practice to help rehab. And when I came back from running, uh, back to, sorry, back to running, um, I was suddenly faster. I could feel the way I was running was different. I could, I felt stronger. I felt more powerful. And I think it made me sort of reflect, okay, well, what, what's gone on here? What's changed, um, in how I'm, how I'm moving essentially that's helping me to run better. And I think it's a combination of things. I think, um, my gluten hip strength improved. I think it really helps with that. I think it helps with just general trunk strength. So not just your core, but, you know, gluten hip strength, shoulder strength, back strength, um, and there was a study in 2018 that uh, looked at recreational runners and their performance over 5K distance. And what mm -hmm. it found that over 5K, um, over 12 weeks, they introduced um, Pilates, weekly Pilates sessions. And those that did the Pilates actually had an improvement in their 5K performance over that 12 mm. weeks. And, nice. you know, I, I'll sort of abbreviating uh, a very detailed study, but essentially what they were saying was the performance came from um, improved movement patterns. So if more efficient movement, mm. so they were essentially getting lower muscle activation because they'd built that strength in their muscles, those gains in that trunk strength. And like I say, not just core, but you know, glutes and hips, shoulders, back strength. Uh, and that gain in strength had enabled them to move the same pattern and the same speed, but with, with more efficiency. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably where the performance comes in because those runners also had improved VO2 max. So, you know, I think mm. there's lots of ways that it can help rest and recovery for sure. Um, yeah. and that also then helps you again, make the adaptations from your running. So there's also that, but, um, in terms of the actual strength side, I think it is that improved movement and that improved efficiency when you move. Yeah, that see, that's super interesting because when you think about Pilates, you don't think about it as being specific to running. You're not mimicking the running motion. It's it's not you know trying to copy what you're doing running. You know, when we talk about good running training, we talk about getting specific. Prepare for your race by doing things that will actually help you physically in the race. And so this seems a little bit counterintuitive because you're not mimicking the running motion, yet it helps your efficiency when you're running. Can yeah. you kind of get a little deeper into this and explain how that happens? Well, I, I've been doing Pilates for about 15 years and I've been a runner for about 11 of those, but I haven't always done Pilates specifically to support my running. And personally, I didn't see an improvement until I started adapting my Pilates practice. So okay. I'm not saying that general Pilates uh, won't help you. You'll absolutely build your trunk strength doing general classes, but there's some tweaks that I made to my practice that I think have really helped. So th things like doing a lot more standing work, a lot more glute and hip strength, a lot more lateral strength to balance out that forward backward motion we have when we're running. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, 
Yeah, I can see why it's counterintuitive, but actually the, the sessions that I do specifically for runners, we do a lot more stuff that is much more functional. So a lot of the standing work, okay. you know, when we're running, we're essentially just hopping from one leg to another. So when you're right. doing your standing leg strength and you're building that stability on one leg, you are basically doing a functional movement for when you run. You're, you're practicing that standing on one leg. Um, you know, like I say, it's mimicking the run movement. Uh, and we do a lot of um, single leg movements where we are moving our other limbs and balancing on that leg. So we're challenging that stability on that side. So um, yeah, I can see why you'd think it might be counterintuitive, but I think it really depends on what you're doing in your sessions and how relevant they are to runners. Um, I think there's some specific things that runners really need. So more standing work, like I say, um, you know, there's studies have shown that athletes in general uh, benefit much more from core work, which involves multi-joint movement. So, you know, in a traditional Pilates class, you might spend a lot more time lying down on the mat, whereas I do not so much of that. You know, I'm doing uh -huh. much more stuff where we are up off the mat, where we're challenging um our core and our um, stability with movement in, in multiple joints at the same time and building our core strength that way. So um, yes, I can see why a traditional Pilates class might seem uh, not as useful as, as maybe a runner's one would be. So I think, you know, if you are doing Pilates, it will absolutely help you as a runner, but for different reasons, depending on what type of Pilates you're doing. I'll get back to the conversation in just a minute, but I quickly wanted to invite you to run with me in my beautiful hometown this fall. On September 14th through 17th, 2023, I will be hosting a four-day running retreat in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina. We will be staying in luxury cabins right on the French Broad River, where we can run right out the door. You'll get run coaching, strength training classes, guest lectures, and more. And of course, it will feature amazing plant-based food and a little nightlife as well. I've led many of these retreats over the years, and I'm so excited to be hosting this one in my backyard. Spaces are very limited and it's first come first serve. So sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash retreat. I'll be offering early bird pricing until March 1st, 2023. So be sure to take advantage of that as soon as you can. I can't wait to run with you this September. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. Yeah, yeah. The the standing stuff is very cool because, you know, we think about building our core strength with sit-ups or doing plank or, you know, doing some of the, the moves on the mat. We don't think about how we can actually build a strong functional core with a spine that actually mm -hmm. moves well when we're yeah. standing up. So that's super interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of... Um, 
I get it's, it's just much more functional. I mean, you, you're not going to be running with your hands and feet on a mat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. You're going to be running with one foot on the floor and everything else moving. So to me, it makes far more sense to build your core strength. And, and again, it comes back to those other physical skills like coordination and proprioception and uh, motor control, you know. If you want to build those, then you've got to be doing the movements that we're doing similar to running. So it makes sort of more sense to me to be up off the mat and on one leg building our core strength than it does to be down on the mat because when we're running, that's where we are. We're up on one leg. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about, like you said, like you said, it's about being functional. It's about being specific with our movement and we can use that in our core strength just as we can with our, with our, you know, general overall strength. Yeah, great. Cool. So you also teach foam rolling. So I'm a big fan of foam rolling. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I I would love for you to get into that. Can you explain why it's good for runners? Do we have to foam roll? Is it good for everybody? Let's just talk about foam rolling for a little bit. I feel bad for foam rolling. It's got a bit of a, a mixed rep. I, I, yeah, I get it. It's a bit like, I don't know whether you have Marmite out there, but we, what we say, it's a bit like Marmite in the UK. It's like you love it or you hate it. Um, <laughs> I think it's changed. I think, you know, a couple of years ago, people were spouting uh, things like, and myself included, you know, there was time there was, oh, you know, it's trigger, uh, my fascia release, it's trigger point release, it's all this you know, these wonderful things. Uh, we now know none of that is true. Um, yeah. But I think it still has a place for runners. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's still great. It, it, it's basically a self-massage, isn't it? So you're going right. to get the same benefits for foam rolling as you would do for any massage. So you're going to get your, you know, promoting blood flow. You're going to get aiding lymphatic system. You're going to get the desensitizing of tissue. You're going to get pain modulation. Um, you know, there's so many... Uh, sort of wider aspects of foam rolling and what I say to people when they say oh do I have to foam roll and they're like the fact that you're asking me that in that tone I would say no because one of the biggest benefits you'll get from foam rolling is that positive um, impact on your nervous system that sort Mm -hmm. of stimulating your nervous system in a really helpful way to help you relax and unwind and that's really important for your rest and recovery so if you're viewing foam rolling as this chore that you have to do instantly that's not going to help your nervous system because you're seeing it as a chore. You're probably not going to enjoy it. What's the point? I would suggest you're far more benefit in finding something else you do enjoy that helps you to relax than foam rolling. So I think the answer when people say to me, do I need to foam roll? Is like, do you enjoy it? Do you feel good afterwards? Does it help you? Because if the answer to those questions are yes, then crack on, have a good time, get all the benefits uh, that I've suggested. If you don't enjoy it, there are so many other things that you can do that will give you exactly those same benefits. So I teach it because some of my clients really enjoy it. Um, but, you know, like I say, it is each person to their own, I think, with that. <laughs> yeah, excellent point. And I'm so happy that you explained it that way because I do know some people who foam roll and um, it's kind of painful and they're doing it anyway because they're like, oh, it kind of hurts, but yeah. I, I really feel like I yeah. need to. And it kind of, it's like that hurts yeah. so good kind of thing. Yeah. And, and then they report <laughs> afterward that they feel better. But I was like, if it hurts, maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't know. What's your take? <laughs> Um, do you know what? I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a masochist. There's some pain I quite like. So I quite like the burn that you get when you're doing gluten hip strength. I quite like, I, for me, I don't so much like foam rolling. I quite like a massage ball. 
um, mm. because when my hips are really tight, I really like getting that massage ball in there and I really like it. And it's kind of that nasty pain way, like nice pain, even where it, you can feel it slightly uncomfortable, but it feels kind of nice. It feels like it's doing something, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like a placebo effect. If I feel like it's doing something, it's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Just the fact that I feel like it is, is going to change what's going on in my body. You know, there's a lot of evidence that, you know, how you think and your mindset changes your physiology. So um, I think it, it leads itself to that. If you are doing it and it physically hurts and you're not enjoying it, chances are you're not getting much benefit from it. But mm-hmm. if you're doing it, you're getting a little bit of pain, but you feel like it's doing something, it's probably going to do something. So I think it's less about the physicality of it and more about the mindset of it. So yeah. I, I say to people, if you're if it's really hurting, then that's probably not having a positive influence on your nervous system. But, you know, there is that kind of fine line, isn't there? That kind of nice pain. If it's nasty pain, don't do it. If it's nice pain, who's it hurting? Yeah. Okay. Good. Pain is is a funny one. Yeah. Because pain is, people, you know, there's a very, people feel pain and they think that they're doing damage. People associate pain and damage and that the two are very closely linked. And they're not. Pain is just a nervous system response, you know? It's just the body saying, I don't like this. It doesn't necessarily mean you're doing any damage. Um, so, yeah, I think there's that as well, you know. Yeah. Try well, not to kind of muddle, that, muddy the two. That's a tough line for runners a lot of time because, you know, especially people who are pushing for their best performance, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You will never get your best performance, yeah. you know, giggling across the finish line. Yeah. And, you know, you're yeah. working hard and yeah. you're in a lot of pain sometimes. It's not always injury yeah. pain, but you know, you're, you're pushing yourself. So I don't think, I don't think we always know where that line is sometimes. (laughs) I I absolutely agree. I absolutely, I think runners are the worst, in fact, at (laughs) regulating themselves in that way. I think they either don't push enough, like you say, they don't push out of that comfort zone in in order to stretch their, you know, um, stretch themselves or they go too far and they don't really know when to stop and they don't really know when to take that rest and recovery. So, and it, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that as a criticism, I think it's a really fine line to walk. I think it's really hard, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. fine line between training enough to create those adaptations, but not training enough, uh, but not overdoing it so that you get training overload and, and then, you know, high risk of injury. So, I think the only thing you can do is kind of look at those kind of key pillars, you know, like your sleep, like your hydration, like your food and nutrition, like your rest and recovery and your training load and just keep playing around with them. Keep, you know, keep making sure that you're you're looking at each one and carefully and managing that because, you know, we injury is a massive thing for us runners. I think something mm-hmm. like uh, 50 to 80 percent of runners get injured at least once a year. I mean, it's, right. it's huge. Um and we really want to like leap on those kind of like those supplements or it's my shoes or it's those kind of things that are like easy things to change or trade or, or pay for to try and fix. Um, but actually it really comes down to those, those pillars I just mentioned, like, you know, it's boring, but it's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. your biggest factors in whether you're going to be injured or not come down to, have you slept enough? Have you eaten enough? Have you hydrated? Have you managed your training load? You know, things like, um, you know, strength and conditioning work, even like looking at how you're training, you know, some people really enjoy doing hit sessions. There's nothing wrong with doing hip sessions. They're, they're, they're great for cardio still. They're, they're going to give you move variety in your movement, 
But you then got to look at, okay, well, if I'm doing a hit session, do I actually need to take out a run session? Because that's that's another session that's having a huge impact on my body. You know, when we run, mm-hmm. there's something like three to eight times our body weight traveling through in terms of load traveling through the body. That, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and that has an impact. And if you're then kind of then uh, supplementing your running with something like a hit class, you're then adding load onto load. So yes. something you're doing because you want to avoid injury actually ends up creating a high risk of injury. So right. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying look at your overall training load and go, well, do you know what? I've got quite a lot of activities there that are high impacts. Is there anything I can trade out for something that's low impact so that I can keep building strength but not put that load through the body? or do I take out a little bit of my running because I really like doing hit sessions and you know so it's just thinking about things like that those are the things that will have a real impact on whether you've got a high risk of injury um yeah. yeah. So it's balance, not just literal balance being on one foot, but balance throughout your week, balance throughout your training session yeah. that's really important. I I definitely agree yeah. with that. Let's talk about balance because I think this is something that is not talked about enough. And, you know, as you said, running is hopping from one foot to the other. And we have Mm -hmm. to actually get good at that to um, be able to run as fast as we want to or for as long as we want to. So how does Pilates help you um, with your balance? Yeah, I think... um it's always surprising to me how many runners can't actually balance on one leg. <laughs> you know, you say to them, balance on one leg, and some are okay with that. But then as soon as you say, okay, we'll start moving your arms another leg around, and suddenly they can't they can't do that. And you're like, well, I don't understand because, you know, you're running marathons and ultra marathons, and yet you're struggling to, to balance on one leg. And I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, balance and stability are slightly different. So balance is literally being able to stand on one Mm. leg and just stand there. Stability is slightly different. Stability is your ability to stay on that leg when you start moving everything. You know, when you start having forces affecting your balance, you know, about your balance, that that Mm -hmm. becomes stability. Um, And I think that um, it's not just strength. You know, people think, well, if I'm strong, surely I can balance on one leg. And it's not, you know, balancing on one leg and, and having stability is more than just strength. It's a combination of strength, coordination, proprioception, you know, all those things, physical skills I was talking about earlier. Um, To be able to stabilize on one leg requires the whole skill set and strength is just one of them. And what I say to people is try and think of your stability like a table, you know, and that table's got legs and one of those legs is strength. Another one is balance. Another one is coordination. Another one is motor control. And if you get all of those working together, you've got great stability. Um, and stability mm. is really important because if you think about, and then the way I, the easiest way I can think to describe it is um, a cannon on a rowboat. If you've got that cannon and that rowboat and it, you fire that cannon, the cannonball is going to go one way and the rowboat's going to go the other. So you've lost some power. Right. That cannonball is not going to travel as far because some of the power is shot in the other direction. If you put that cannon and fix it onto dry land and suddenly you fire that cannon, you've got so much more power and energy being driven out with that cannonball. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same thing when you run. If you can harness the best ability you can for your body, then you're going to be able to use your power through your arms and your legs to drive you forward with that much more efficiency. And that's going back to that study we were talking about earlier with that efficiency and movement. You know, you're basically able to use your power that much more effectively if you're stable and strong through your trunk area. Um, and that, again, that comes back to that, you know, Pilates is all about building that strength around through your trunk and, and building those skills mm-hmm. um, around um, proprioception and coordination, et cetera. So, yeah, I think runners, you know, 
look at strength work and they look at mobility work and sometimes they miss that really beneficial stability work that they could be doing as yeah. well. And you don't have to get yeah. it just from Pilates. There's plenty of activities that you can get if you don't enjoy Pilates. Um, but it is a good idea to have a look at your training and think, well, I'm covering off strength. I'm covering off mobility. What am I doing to build that stability? Yeah. Yeah. The rowboat visual is great. I really love that. Mm. That helps explain it a lot. So are there any kind of tests that we can do to test our uh, stability and our balance? Like, is there something I can do, you know, right now and I can say, well, yes, I'm good at this or, oh no, I have to work on this. Do you have any of those sort of things like let's test your stability so we can kind of see what we need to work on? Yeah. I mean, easiest one is just to stand on one leg and then start moving your arms another leg as if you're running. So leave one leg on the floor and then just run, basically do a running mm -hmm. movement with your arms and legs, get faster and faster and faster like you would do when you're running and see how easy it is for you to stay on that other leg. Are you falling around all over the place? Can you, are you okay? But then when you start to speed up, it gets a little bit shaky. You know, I think that's probably the quickest and easiest way to know what's my stability like. If you're pretty solid, you know, if you're being able to balance on one leg, you're moving your arms and legs in all sorts of directions and there's no compromise to your balance on that one leg, I'd say you're pretty sorted. Um, if you can't even balance on one leg, then I'd say... <laughs> Maybe it's time to maybe check in yeah. uh, with what you're doing on that stability work. I mean, th there's a study once, uh, it was on shoulders actually, but I think it's a really helpful because runners often like stats. So I'm going to give you the stat. Uh, yes. And that was, there was, uh, a I think the study was if there was a 20% loss in trunk stability or trunk strength, there was an 80% loss in power through the shoulder. So it just goes to show a little bit of trunk stability goes a long way for the power in the shoulder. Now, there's nothing to suggest that that same principle doesn't apply to your hips and your legs as well. You know, so, mm -hmm. it, you know, losing that trunk stability has a, a disproportionate effect on your power through your limbs. So I think it for the amount of effort it takes to build it, because, you know, we're not talking about hours a week. You know, some people like to do an hour on the mat every week. They like that regularity. They like that um consistency that's how they you know how they work best but it doesn't need to be like that it you know 10 15 minutes every other day is absolutely fine you know i won't go back to those you know tea time sessions that i put up on instagram you know it doesn't need to be complex um or time consuming to build that stability work and it's going to have a disproportionate impact on your running form and your your performance so it's absolutely mm. worth doing it Great. So, so how do we get started? How do you work with your clients? And um, do you have any success stories that you'd like to share? Um, well, I'm, I'm really lucky. I've worked with some amazing clients. So success stories are, are really, yeah. And it doesn't, I, I claim absolutely no credit because uh, like I go back to what I said before, it's all about consistency. You know, I can put up a thousand sessions a day, but if no one's actually doing them, then they're not going to get the benefit. So, the, the credit absolutely goes to my clients in terms of just applying themselves. And like I say, it's not necessarily hours a week that they're applying themselves. They're just being really regular and really consistent with short sessions. Um, and that's why, um, you know, I set up the website. I, I run a, um, an online membership. Um, and that's why I set it up was because, you know, so many runners were coming to me saying, I just don't have time to get to the studio for a Pilates session for an hour a week. And I was like, well, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so when I set up the website, one of the, the main drivers was removing those barriers to, to access it. So the sessions uh, range from anywhere to under 10 minutes. Uh, some of them are an hour if people want to do that. But, you know, most of them are sort of 20 minutes or less. 
Um, you can specify, you know, okay, I want to focus on gluten hip strength. I want to focus on core. I want to focus on single leg work. Um, so that if you want to really maximize that time, um, focusing on a specific area, you can, um, there's pre-run stuff, there's post-run stuff, there's rest and recovery stuff. So you can, you know, really focus on what you need in your training. Cause some people are, um, you know, already doing weight sessions or they're already doing hit stuff. They don't need the strength work necessarily, but they really need the relaxation and the mobility work. So you can section it out into strength and mobility. There's all sorts of filters and things, um, that you can use, but my ultimate aim was just to make it as simple and as easy as possible for people to access sessions uh, and to take the com- you know the complexity out of it. So there's quite a lot of standing work. There's no uh, not a lot of setup required. You don't need a lot of space. You don't even need a mat for some of the sessions. Uh, you can even filter the sessions and, and find them just by standing uh, or mat based. So if you want to be on the mat more, you can you know search like that. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of ways to use the sessions. Um, lots of programs on there. So there's a marathon training plan that you can follow uh, if you're doing a marathon. So that it gives you that really mm. balanced um, approach over the whole week. So it'll do a little bit of everything: a little bit, a little bit of core, a little bit of shoulders, a little bit of uh, back and and glute and hip work over the week, plus the mobility. Uh, there's a run stronger program if you are um, just wanting to focus on really building your own form. Because I mean, you did a fantastic podcast on this. Is that we all are so unique with how we run, and just yeah. because your running style doesn't look like someone else's doesn't mean that you're um, you know any better or worse than that person. So Pilates is fantastic for that because all you're doing is maximizing your best running form. You're focusing on your movement and improving it in you know in the way that you run. So. I think, yeah, I, I, that's what I love about uh, I love about Pilates because you really can adapt it for anyone, for any kind of uh, level as well. You know, whether you're yeah. a, a pro or whether you're a beginner, whether you're injured. You know, I spent all of last year nursing a very nasty skiing accident injury uh, <laughs> on my knee, and you know, Pilates was an absolute lifesaver for me because there were times when I couldn't stand because I was, you know, I had two operations last year, but I was still able to do uh, all of the the movement and the um, the activity that I needed by just adapting my Pilates practice. So, um, yeah, there's lots of ways you can use the website and use the sessions as a runner. Um, and in, like I say, in terms of success, I've, like I said, I've been really lucky to work with some really fantastic people. I actually want to celebrate one lady in particular. She came back from injury, uh, actually a couple of years ago and she's just qualified for the UK masters. So, and she never thought she'd get ah. back to that. You know, you know, she, she really had kind of thought that her running career was kind of over and she, um, but she really focused on her strength. She really focused on, on being consistent with that and consistent with her Pilates practice. And yeah, I'm hugely proud of her. She was a, she was a great, great accomplishment. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so I'm very lucky. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And that's probably a really good spot to wrap it up. But before we go, Liz, tell everybody where we can find you. Um, so on Instagram, it's uh, at Pilates underscore four, F-O-R underscore runners. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, but I can never remember. It's There's a link on my Instagram. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to be putting more on it on YouTube, actually. I haven't done a lot on there. Um, but I think it's something like Pilates for runners one is my handle. Um <laughs> But if you look on pilatesforrunners.co.uk, that's the website. It's got all my social media links on there. It's got free sessions uh, that you can access. Um, yeah, all the details. I'm running a, um, a seven-day free session um, 
starting on Monday. So it's going to be a combination of live sessions and on-demand sessions that you can use uh, all throughout January, but uh, I'm doing them live next week. Um, and yeah, there'll be a great way to introduce you to Pilates if you're not used to doing it. Um, they're really short. They're only about 15 minutes. Um, and yeah, just great way to, to stack your sessions. So if you've got sort of a pre-run slot you can use, or if you're just about to go to the gym, um, you can use them pre or post kind of a weight session. Um, yeah, the, the whole point of them is that they're really easy to slot into your existing schedule. Perfect. Well, most people listening to this are on the run right now. So we'll have all of those links in the show notes. So Liz, this has been delightful. I think you've convinced me to try some Pilates. <laughs> um, it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights on this, especially about do what you enjoy. I think yeah. that is not talked about enough as well. So um, <laughs> Love your positivity and really happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, I mean, I'm always happy to talk Pilates and running. So yeah, thank you very much for having me. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is lower the bar. When you're really focused on doing your best and getting that dream goal, each hard workout can start to feel crucially important. Perhaps you are aiming for paces you've never done before, or maybe you're trying to do something you've done in the past, but you're a little nervous about it now. You can get so worked up that you're filled with anxiety. So lower the bar. Instead of making the workout be pass-fail, give yourself a wider range for success. Maybe it's 70 or 80% of the workout as written. Tell yourself before you even start that 70% is a win and anything above that is extra credit. When you release some of the pressure of perfection, you relax a little and you actually have a better chance of getting there. Don't forget to enter to win a signed copy of my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and I will choose one random winner each month this year. If you don't want to rely on luck, you can order your copy wherever books are sold, but your reviews are incredibly helpful as well. Thank you so much for listening and have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.